Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. All right, what's up, everybody? Got a good one for you, and it's really special for Gemini right now because it's real live human contact with other people, which is just, I mean, that's a plus. That's mm-hmm. a plus these days. So we're sitting down with the, the guys from Midwest Flyways. So we've got uh, Cal, Joey, and Connor. We got the triple threat. Triple and threat. These guys, they create some killer content, some really great tutorial waterfowl-related stuff. Check it out uh, at Midwest Flyways, midwestflyways.com. We'll get that stuff out of the way. People are probably, I'm sure they're Googling it as we talk right now. But before oh, yeah. we get too deep, guys, maybe tell us a little bit about yourselves. We'll go right to left, my right. Down the line, introduce yourselves and talk about Midwest Flyways, maybe how you guys got started and, and what you've been up to. Yeah, all right. I'm Cal of Midwest Flyways. Uh, so the way we got started is uh, Joey actually taught me to waterfall hunt. Oh, no way. Yeah, so that right. was so it was kind of cool. teaching, because, but... <laughs> yeah. It's a work in progress. Uh, progress. Uh, you know, sure. when you learn from not a great teacher, you know, you try to learn as fast <laughs> as possible so you can <laughs> <laughs> move forward. No, no, Joey taught me to waterfall hunt. And after I left... So I played football in college, and when I left that, I really didn't have, like, a super big passion yep. that was in my life. So I've only been waterfall hunting for, what is it, six or seven years now? Five or six, yeah. yeah Somewhere so around there. I, yeah, I started when I was, like, 20, 21, yeah, 28, yeah. It seems like it goes faster, though, than you think it does. So it's like, uh, I feel like I've only been hunting for a couple of years. But So, yeah, so I started hunting with Joey, and then that's actually how we started Midwest Flyways, because I got super addicted to it right away. Mm-hmm. We actually all grew up together. So I grew up across the street from Joey. Oh, nice. uh, And we knew each other just by being brothers growing up together. And then I went to school with Joey and Connor. Okay. Um, And Connor lived pretty close. Joey ended up moving, but I stayed. Then I got to be good friends with Connor. Um, So we all knew each other before we started this. So yeah. So Joey, Joey taught me to waterfall hunt. And we started Midwest Flyways basically initially just to try to help other people learn how to waterfall hunt. Because one thing I picked up on right away was Joey grew up doing this and I didn't. And so if you don't grow up like learning it from a young age, it's pretty hard to learn the ropes right away. I think if you've been involved, I guess it's probably anything like your whole life, you almost like forget what you don't know or things that are just like, it's just like so second nature. Like you totally. forget that that's just not second nature. Like when yeah. Jim will be right. talking about cars, I'm like, Jim, I don't know what that is. He's like, what do you mean I don't know what that? I'm like, I don't know what that is. You know, right? <laughs> flux just lost it. It happens. Yeah, it happens a lot. Capacitor. Even even not with cars. Just sometimes talking to Mark about basic things. I don't know a lot of things, <laughs> Jimmy. Is that why, are yeah. eyes, why are your eyes so glazed over right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's rage. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's rage. Perfect. <laughs> but you you bring up a really I think cool point in uh, in college. I took a class. It was actually a pretty interesting class. But it was like the sociology of sport. And one of the things that people struggle with if they've had, like, you know, if you're, like, a lifelong football player and that's, like, almost, like, your identity and you go to college, I mean, and that's really all you have time for, right? Right. And then when that's over, it's like, well, now what do I do with my time? Now who am I? I'm not a, you know, football player anymore. And and hunting or fishing or the outdoor in general, I mean, what an amazing outlet to focus those things on because that's a lifelong thing. You can do it forever. Tons to learn. You're always learning. So I think that's a really cool story. Yeah, for sure. Well, Joey, you introduce yourself then. Well, I'm Joey, Joey Vassallo, and uh, grown up doing this stuff with my dad from a very young age. I think he said he was carrying me in the duck blind starting at like one and a half, two years old. So right on. I'd cry my eyes out every time he wouldn't take me 
and he didn't want to hear me crying. So he's just like, okay, we'll just carry you on our shoulders. And I've just been absolutely smitten with it ever since. And then I didn't really get super serious into it until I was about 13 when my dad stopped waterfowl hunting. And so I just lived on a small lake in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, and before school I'd duck hunt, and then I'd duck hunt after school, and I just fell in love with it. Dedication. It was so much Rock fun. On, dude. That's pretty mm-hmm. sweet. That's pretty much where I learned a lot of my stuff was just going out by myself, trying everything, and then realizing what worked and what didn't. Yeah. So That's a lot a of trial and error. Yeah. Like a yeah. lot. <laughs> oh, you can't just sit out in the middle of a canoe with six decoys around you? Weird. Okay. <laughs> Good to doesn't know. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll write well, that one I've down. I've pinpointed what I've been doing wrong. <laughs> for sure. 100%. We already got Mark figured out. <laughs> That's pretty much it for me. Um, Connor Olstead and I started hunting actually with my dad. So I'm right in the middle of these two. Cal was a little bit uh, late. Joey was a little bit early, depending on your definition. And me and my three dad. would be early. <laughs> My dad, uh, he didn't grow up hunting and he really wanted me to hunt. And so we kind of started learning together when I was about 14, 15. And we started uh, in the duck blind and kind of saw like, oh man, that's that's quite a bit to get into. Like, you know, owning the property if you need to, you know, or doing public land or whatever. And so he's like, well, let's try archery deer together. So we did do some initial duck towards the beginning and then went more into archery deer because we had access to some private land to do that on. Um, And so then I really took off in that arena. And then recently, as of just this last year, like me and him were able to actually go out to Maine, do some sea duck hunting and a trip together. And it was kind of almost like a full circle because he kind of took me originally Mm -hmm. um, duck hunting. And then now because I do this and I do videography in the outdoor industry, I was able to bring him uh, to Maine and it was, it was a really cool experience. That's neat. That is awesome. So was it just with your dad, was it just kind of on a whim? He's like, why aren't we hunting? And then yeah. just let's go try it. Or yeah, I mean, kind of like when I was growing up, you know, I always liked BB guns and I always, I always liked fishing and all that kind of outdoorsy type stuff. But he, you know, and he had never, he felt like he was doing me a disservice with not taking me hunting to some degree. And so he kept, uh, trying to find those outlets. And one of them was, uh, some, one of my friends at the time, his dad, uh, who was my soccer coach as well. And so we went out uh, duck hunting with him. He just asked me, he's like, Hey, can you just please just take us so that we can just understand what goes behind it? And he's like, yeah, let's go on a duck hunt. And then we started with archery and, uh, figured that cause we had a similar draw so we could have the same bow and, uh, so we could sit in the stand together, figure it out. And yeah, it was, it was a good time. And now, you know, like I said, I'm a videographer in the outdoor industry, so I'm out there all the time. So, and I attribute a lot of that to my dad just like saying, let's go, you know? Yeah. Cool. That's awesome, man. Like that's a super interesting path into it for yeah. sure. Like it's almost not just like a really common one. Right. It's like right in the middle. It's like, you know, oh yeah, yeah my friends got, well, not really, you know, it was my dad, but late. You kind of learned almost. it together actually almost. Yeah. yeah it was cool. Yeah, which that's cool. got to be pretty fun. It was. Yeah, so super sure. random, but Joey and Connor were actually sworn enemies. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, the way this started, so I was still friends with both of them, and Connor actually went to school for video production, so Connor owns his own media company. At the time, I was, day, working, I was working but, for a media agency that yeah. focused on the outdoor industry, but then, so, Joe, so Cal was like, we, should, we yeah. should film this. Yeah, so Joey took me out, and I was obsessed with it, like, instantaneously, and I was like, well, you know, you know how to film this and make amazing videos. And I'm learning so much right now, and I just feel for all these people that don't know how to do this, and we can make some cool cinematics. And we were just like, we had no idea what we were doing, obviously, other than Connor. So Connor knows what he's Connor doing. Connor knows <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah, thankfully. Connor's for a glue. Sure. He just holds us together. 
But so I went to Joey and I was like, hey, we're going to do this. And he's like, with Connor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, with Connor, because he knows what he's doing. So And you don't. So we have to. And then he took me out to lunch and he yeah. goes, hey, we're, yeah, we're going to do it. You know, and, and Joey's really good. And I'm like, oh, with Joey? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And he's like, I told, so then I went to, I went and hung out with Connor alone. And I was like, dude, we should do this. And I was like, yeah, so it's going to be me and you and Joey. And he's like, Joey, man, so, I don't know about that. So it was so funny because they were like still sworn enemies and they used to be like best friends. Yeah. But then they had a little falling out and, uh, yeah. But then anyway, yeah. So then we all met up. They were both like, well, I need to like hang out with him again, you know, and see if it'll work. So we all met up. And uh, they were both like hit it, hit it off right away again. It took it took a little bit of time to get like the trust behind, but totally. honestly, hunting is what does that. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, if you huh. got everybody's got guns in the field, you got to trust each other. You know what I'm saying? And that's and true. You <laughs> got to come up with a plan. You're traveling a lot of the time together. Like, yeah, it's it's more like a brotherhood relationship than it is almost like you know you're just right. friends that like see each other at you know events or barbecues. I mean, you're like doing something in a pursuit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it brings yeah. you a little closer. But yeah, so then we started this and initially we just started out, we started it in a, in February. Yeah. So it was not in season. So we were just making like hunter educational videos with Joey. Like we were learning stuff as we were going and, you know, figuring everything out. So I think our first videos were like how to, how, how, Texas, to, Texas, how to Texas rig in 60 seconds, seconds yeah. like a duck decoy. And then we did like a uh, three good calls for a beginner. Yeah. How, yeah. And, um, it's just funny, you know, like you watch your first like thousand views hit and you're like, man, we could maybe we could do this, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so we started it and all I can picture there. is that part of Step Brothers when they're like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally, man. And it was funny for me because I was still like really best friends with both of them separately, but they just weren't friends together. Yeah. So <laughs> it works a lot better now. There you yeah. go. That's but good. Now That's we're good. better friends than him and I are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I see. I have new friends also. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good to know. Good they to know. They don't live in this town, though. You don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, and all we do is public hunting, um, pretty much. You know, well, we, uh, we, I do mean, we, do, we do have a lot of private, like, private lease stuff that we don't lease it, but private permission for goose hunting more than anything. Sure. Like field okay. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Field stuff. It's all field stuff. Our private permission is all fields. But. I love to duck hunt. I love duck hunting more than goose hunting. That's what I grew up doing. And so when I started out going by myself, I'd be on water and I don't own any land. So I'm going on public water. And so I figured it out pretty quick, but yeah, Yeah. it's fun. And public lands month is next month. September. September. Yeah. 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 At the time that's releasing, I think releasing this pretty much during public lands month, but yeah. yeah. Which is definitely, I mean, I guess your style of hunting in a lot of places that you do hunt i mean it's right in line with that and i think that's kind of you know i guess the focus of today's podcast is really like navigating you know public land hunting you know maybe some some introductory stuff for people that haven't embarked on that mission like one of the biggest things is you need a place to go right and if you don't have a lease or maybe you you don't have your own land or or you know you haven't gotten permission or even you know seeking permission like that's a difficult thing it can be nerve-wracking you're knocking on a stranger's door Joey, you actually had some cool pathways into that. I don't know if you want to give away that little, uh, you know. Yeah, we got a video secret, about it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Share it up, dude. Okay, uh, well, pretty much the way I've gotten most of my permission on private land is by saying, you've got a lot of pigeons here. Can I kill them for you? And they either say, what? Get away. Or they say, please kill every single one of them. And then you just build a relationship with them. You're seeing them a couple times a week because they're right around my house and. 
Then it comes around to duck and goose hunting season. They're like, hey, yeah, if you want to shoot geese, go ahead. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. And then nice. I'm a contractor. Cal and I are both contractors. And so that's another way to get permission as well. Right. You see a broken screen door. There's one time I was in South Dakota, big roost of snow geese. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And I said, hey, I knocked on his door and his screen door fell down. And I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's broken. I was like, you want me to fix it? I got my screw gun in the truck. And he's like, you know how to do that? And I was like, yeah, fix it. And went down there and waited for snow geese to pass yeah. by. And everyone else was mad at me because I was shooting the roost. Mark, so. it, see, it pays to be handy. <laughs> it, it, it does, does. pay to hand, be handy. Which is that like? Is that your strategy now? You just like go up and break somebody's stuff? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Joey's yeah. out there throwing rocks through windows. I'm yeah. really good at breaking things. So yeah, trust yeah. me on that. And this window's broken. No, it's not. Yeah, Shh, now it is. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably gonna need some help with that. By the wasn't, way, <laughs> wasn't broken last right. night. Uh, no. Um, so, pretty, is is there something about public land waterfowling that is inherently more difficult to find spots or where oh to yeah. go than deer hunting public land? Oh, that's a tough one. Or, You're probably going to have to ask that question to Connor I because don't I don't. Deer hunt we don't land. deer hunt too much. So, yeah. Okay. In my opinion, I think that hunting ducks and geese in public land is a little bit easier okay. because you can see where the ducks are going. You can, you know, you can scout. If you drive around right. enough, you're going to find them. Yeah. In deer, uh, uh-uh. like y- you can drive around all day. You're never going to see anything. You can go sit in a spot for, you know, during or before season and nothing's there. You got to find a different spot. Like it's, you know, and that, I guess that depends on what part of the country that you're in, but in our, where we are, it's ducks in and Minnesota. geese. You, you know, you can say like, Hey, we got to find a spot you know, for this weekend or whatever. And you might have a bus the first day or so or whatever, but it's like, then you pack up by 10 a.m., you go scout for the next couple hours. Yeah, okay. And you, you know, gotcha. you figure it out. In deer hunting, it's like you're putting all your, you know, your things in one, in one basket. basket. Yeah. And in that, you have a little bit more tricks to, to pull. You can do, you know, plots or, uh, you know, I don't know, depending on what part of the country, you could probably bait, you know, and all that stuff. We can't in Minnesota, but... So you have a few more tricks you can pull with with deer, and you know there's only one or one to five tags or whatever depending on your zone. Um, whereas with duck and goose, you want to be hunting every day, and so got it. You got to be able to find them quicker. So Connor, do you feel like though there's more pressure in the waterfall hunting spectrum in terms of like getting out to a spot and like being because there's that's the only thing too about like waterfall like the, if you're on a lake there's only one spot where you're going to shoot them really good maybe that mm-hmm. is something that i've been really surprised about and kind of opened my eyes to in coming into this and filming a lot more with you guys is that it's for me i'm like oh hey we found a flock you know i found where most of them are coming well it's like oh no no we found where like the, the, the path is and where they end up and where most or all of them end up. And so for me, it's like, yeah, I, th- I thought it's like, oh yeah, they're going to, you know, we're going to encounter some hunters or whatever. It's going to be a, a vaster area because I'm used to deer hunting. Yeah. There's deer everywhere, but it is very much so more pressure in that one area. And if you hunt hmm. one lake, that is the X, you know, like everybody's going to that lake because they all figured it out. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. the one thing that that I was going to ask about was like the pressure. You know, the pressure and the competition. Really, if that's what you want to call it. I know back home in Washington, you know, shoot twenty years ago, right? But I was hunting with some guys, and for opening day, they'd go in and camp on a hole yeah. like mm-hmm. two days before opening oh, yeah. day. That you know, still happens. Like, like last, man, like Best Buy yeah. on Black Friday or something. Yeah. Yeah. So when right. me and it's exactly like that. <laughs> Best Buy. Yeah, it is. When me and my dad were figuring it out, 
or for duck opener and whatever, uh, we had this private property that we would mainly hunt deer in and it had this just like small little pond and we hunted deer enough seasons there that we figured that we figured out that the, uh, the woodies would go on duck opener. They'd fly into the big lake like they normally do. And then they would figure out that it's duck opener because they would be shot at. And then they would all leave and come to our little hole. And Hmm. it's because nobody had ever shot them there. And they're like, okay guys, Spot B, you know, and so we, of course, not knowing anything, you know, took these two ragtag decoys that had been tossed around in my dad's truck for, you know, three months and threw them out in the middle of this, this thing. We didn't, we didn't have any waiters or anything like that. We just kind of sat in the weeds and waited and we limited out in seven minutes, you know, and it's because (laughs) (laughs) we just knew where they ended up. That's just lucky though. Okay. Don't think that that's going to happen to you and don't get discouraged if it doesn't. So so, yeah, so I need two ragtag decoys. Yes. Oh, I don't need waiters. Nope. No, my expectations are already set. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's, it's it's Uh, a cinch. That's a tough one. So yeah, our strategy was not find the X. It was find the bounce off of the X. Right. Yeah, Yeah, which is fair. And there's a lot of different ways you can hunt. I, I mean, Two, two years ago for our video for opener, we actually did have two guys sleep in a boat in the spot. Kindly volunteered themselves to do that. But <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty normal, actually. I mean, in terms of hunting public land or public water more so, you definitely are going to need to get to that spot early, and there's going to be a ton of dudes trying to get there. Have you guys seen the videos of people in, like, Arkansas? In I the have, timber? man. Yeah, like, it's not like that, but it's is that, cra- Oh, is that where they're all on their though. fan boats, like, all just... Just they're just down. right at the beginning. Yeah, and they all just and that—that's that what. Was, yeah, that being in crazy. Louisiana last yeah. year and and understanding that like they have a time limit, you can't leave yeah. the launch before then. Right. To me, that is like that crazy. almost creates it so that everybody oh, yeah. gets there at that time. Because for it, us, we don't have a time limit. We can right. Sleep out you there can if get you there. You can sleep out sure. there for three days. But like Louisiana, you can't put a boat in the water until three a.m. Interesting. So like, and that's I think there's a time limit in Arkansas too where you cannot put a boat in the water until a certain time. And that's why you see those videos of those guys racing to the hole, you know? Yeah. That's the same thing that we experienced in Louisiana. Like, it's like you're going to war. It, you know, it's it so, looks, it really is. It's weird. They had weird. a gate, and then everyone's waiting at the gate. Yeah. And there's like a line of people, and then they open that gate, yeah. and everyone just rushes just, the water and boom. goes in. That's amazing. Booking it, dude. It's scary. It's a lot different than what I've seen in some of uh, the old English movies, you know, where no. there's just like some nobleman going down oh, with his double noble barrel man. shotgun, and he's in, the, he's in a, a lineup of canoes or whatever. And yeah. Then he, they, oh, there's one that's probably been released by somebody <laughs> yeah, under sure. the water, and they right. shoot that, hand it off to the servant boy, and grab <laughs> another shotgun. and Over here, Jeffrey, another bird in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that anymore, unfortunately. So it's not okay. Got it. That'd be you guys should try a lot if more. You guys filmed though, going on like, one of those hunts too. It'd be we should make a spoof video of that. Be pretty yeah. awesome, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I would say for sure, be prepared. And you asked kind of too, Mark. Like, what's a? How do you find spots to hunt? Right. That's a big thing. So, one of the one of the best things I think you can do if you're going to hunt public land is use the DNR maps. Okay. Because the DNR maps will actually tell you where you can and cannot hunt. And so that'll give you an idea like, hey, here's five different lakes within, you know, 20 or 50 miles of my house or whatever that I can go and and look at. You know, other than that, though, like Joey said, too, like looking for permission, you know, don't go there with the sole mindset of just kind of helping yourself out. You got to make a connection with those people and try to be personable and if you can help them in any way that's going to go a long way in terms of getting your permission another big thing is if you get the permission don't assume you have it forever 
you know, go back every year and ask them again for it. Keep in contact with them. You know, however you can help out, that's going to be important, I would say. But yeah, I mean, definitely just look online on a map and start to pick out spots that you know you can hunt and then go scout them. You know, go and do a drive-by. See if there's a, a public launch on the lake. Can I get a boat in here? Or some spots when you're first starting out, you can walk in. Right, Joe? Oh, um, yeah. You can walk into anything as long as you're not crossing private property. Right. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. To get into the water. If you're in the water and you never touch dry land, so say you walk in from the launch, this is crazy, but, I mean, 16-year-old <laughs> kids will do this. You'll oh, walk yeah. in at the launch and they'll walk like two miles in the water and yeah. they'll hit rocks and they're carrying decoys. And in Minnesota, that's crazy to me. <laughs> Just because I mean, we our lakes are deep. Yeah, you never know. You have to, you're like, oh yeah. So you gotta be careful. It's weird. There's certain drop offs. I won't say that I've done it before, but I've done it before. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just go in over your waders. You're like, all right, I guess I'm just going home today. But yeah, as long as there's like a lot of laws. But I'd say the easiest way for someone to f- just get into waterfowl hunting is to look on a map, see how many houses are on that lake. If there's not a lot of houses on the lake, probably can hunt it. And then check mm-hmm. on the website. I mean, we have the internet nowadays. Yeah. Right. right. When I started this, it wasn't like that prevalent. Like, I didn't even know Back you could use it as a day. resource. Back yeah. In my day. Yeah. yeah so, and I'm 13. super old. I just look young. So. You guys, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. You guys are obviously in land of 10,000 hour. It's 10, like over 15,000. Yeah. yeah land of 10,000 plus lakes. And then uh, we're in Wisconsin, which right. I'm pretty sure what we cry or what we dub a lake is, has, you know, a little bit less. Yeah. Uh, it's a little less, less value. strict. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. we what we double lake, but we have a lot too. Yes, um, we do. but you know, not everybody's just tripping over lakes everywhere they walk yeah. to. So right, so you guys are saying lake a lot is uh, is basically if I'm not finding a lake in my SOL or wh- what else am I looking? So that's for a gr- that's a great point. Can you ever just like find a lot of ducks where you just say hey, I'm 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 on land? There's water maybe nearby, but I'm on land or fields. Yeah, I mean you definitely obviously we even we field hunt for mallards. You know. Okay. Um, probably more so geese though, like in the water. Right? Yeah, if you right. are hunting, if we are hunting in fields, it's more times for geese. But it would be very common for us to shoot mallards in a field too. But I know Joey will have some, you know, backstory. But rivers, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, you can definitely hunt rivers. Mm-hmm. So those are a lot tougher to scout, though. They are. Yeah, but the there's rivers all us, over the country. So Mississippi by us, it just goes up and down right. so fast. And certain times of the year, you'll shoot a lot of wood ducks, which you know are not my favorite duck. Like, they're gorgeous ducks, but I'm not targeting them. I'm going after mallards or divers. Why not? So, That's you a know, great just, question, Mark. Uh, I don't know. It's like, taste, a so delicious. it's like a stigma in the waterfowl industry. Like, a woody is not some, like, I prestigious like, duck. You I know? like working so. the birds. So, like, mallards work great to a call, and mm-hmm. um, honkers work great to a call. And so mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun for me. That's, like, main part of why I love waterfowl. And then they taste amazing. Mm-hmm. But, like, woodies... You can just be there, and they'll just dump into your decoys for no reason, just because right. they saw a silhouette of something on the water. It could just be a rock. They hit a rock, you know. So they're just like a little dumb. It's my kind of duck. It's just yeah. <laughs> it's not as much a duck that there's like a relationship with per se. Like Joey said, like you're not. It's not the purest necessarily. Like you're not actually calling the duck into your spread. It's more. It's of just a if you get lucky, it's an opportunity mm-hmm. duck hunting situation, which there's obviously nothing wrong with that. It's just you know not at my a certain cup of point, tea. just like. If you're a deer hunter, eventually, you know, you've shot enough doe or whatever and you're meat hunting and now you're like, I want to shoot a big buck. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Yeah. You know, you start out, you're hunting and you shoot woodies and you're happy. And then as you get better and better at it, now you want to shoot mallards. I'm following. The bluegills of, uh, the bluegills of ducks. 
<laughs> I, I like know. bluegills. I, yeah, I like. Just, yeah, I can't even like talk. We Jim and I just got done fishing. We just pounded a ton of bluegills. I was fantastic. like every three seconds. Nice. I was like, oh yeah, I love that. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with a good woody shoot here or there, and there's nothing wrong with catching some bluegills. No, nope. that's right. It's just not maybe the thing you put on the wall or. I can see that, though, like the challenge. I mean, I could see like, oh, you scout out a hole or, you know, like, oh, the woodies are really dropping into the spot and more of like maybe more of like an ambush versus like, like you said, that calling interactional relationship, perhaps. But yeah, Mm -hmm. they are beautiful duck, though, man. Oh, they're gorgeous. Yeah. I swear to God, they're the prettiest duck out there. Yeah. Woodies and uh, shovelers, I think, are beautiful. Beautiful. I love them. The true greenhead, as we call it. Yes. Yeah. The smiling (laughs) mallard. I think they call them Boot as lip. well. Boot lip, shovel face. You know, there's so many names for them. Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah. I knew Just throw out any word. It's you can, I think. <laughs> yeah, actually. I knew somebody with the nickname shovel face. Was that a compliment? Can't be good. Probably not, yeah. Must have shot a lot of... Not nice. Okay. Um, getting back to... Uh, yeah, the topic at hand. <laughs> Like maybe like that more public land strategy. Like you know, some yeah. people just mm-hmm. you don't have the resources, you don't have the permission. So you're talking about using you know state maps, things like that, and then also like you know the competition, right? I mean, like there are other people hunting. You guys and I've heard other people talk about like, hey, you want to be on the X, you got to be where the ducks want to be. That's going to be like the primary mm-hmm. ducks or geese. That's going to be the primary spot where all the factors are put in the waterfowl in that spot. What are you doing to, I guess, put yourselves? In the X, you know, kind of beating out the competition, right? Or or how are you pivoting if you're like, oh, man, like, this was my plan A, and now there's other people there that beat you to the punch, whatever. So it, there's two different ways I would go about this. There's ducks, and then there's geese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally different. So which one do you want to hear, ducks or geese? Let's go ducking. Sure. Ducking? I agree. Pretty much screwed when it comes Damn to it. ducks. <laughs> pretty much screwed. If you get beat, you're screwed. But like, It's going to be that, a tough day. That strategy... For, like, how are you so getting don't, the X? don't just set up, you know, fairly adjacent to them, and when those ducks are on the swing... Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy, man. <laughs> don't be the, the worst swinger. <laughs> that is the worst. We'll have words at the boat launch. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. So, but, you know what, though? Like, we're kind of joking around here, but, yeah. like, for somebody just getting into duck hunting... Totally. Mm-hmm. Some of these, I guess, finer... Oh, what, it seems totally... Edit- it's like etiquette things? stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It like, seems 100% like you just kind of, like, hey, I've yeah. never been in a public restroom before. The middle urinal's open. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I was going to refer <laughs> more to golfing. Like, don't walk in someone's line, you know, when they're okay. putting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did that all the time when I started golfing. Right, yeah. Part it's of the etiquette thing. You don't know. My brother almost hit me with a golf club. Yeah, right. and rightfully so. So, But, you know, but, like, if you're just getting started out, like, I mean, you might be totally caught. Like, I didn't know. You know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're talking about getting started later in life those aren't things you're gonna know right away right yeah, yeah. so w- w- you're you- gonna find out real quick though yeah <laughs> no, i'm just kidding like um if so joe, like if, if joey's out are, there though. you're gonna find oh, out if real any quick. you'd be lucky if it was joey some of the guys that are out there yeah. if it's like if it so there's like one group of people there on the x which is the x did you find that scouting by yeah. The yeah so you that's that, what like, i think joey is leading into yeah so, so like for duck hunting, you're driving ducks and geese primarily fly two times a day Right away in the morning and right before sunset, they start to eat, essentially. So ducks will eat everything from aquatic things, so like freshwater shrimp. And like if they're on the sea, like mallards, they'll eat mussels. Like they eat hmm. everything. They'll eat grain, whatever. So if we're talking water hunting, they're probably eating freshwater shrimp, especially in Minnesota. Okay. Or acorns on the river in Wisconsin when you guys flood right away in the in the season and they're eating acorns. So 
with the mallards, they'll just dump into a hole and you're like, okay, how do I get to that hole now? What are they doing in the hole? Are they eating there? Or are they just hanging out there? So these are the things that I'm with binoculars, essentially. I'm not going to drive my boat in there. Right. I will not because then you're screwed. You're then disturbing no their, you're disturbing their ex, you know, okay. like where they want to be. They're not going to go back. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Sometimes they will. I mean, if they okay. really, really want to be there, but you most times. a good movie? Triple X. With Vin Diesel. Yeah. They were on anyway. the X for that one. <laughs> good intermission. Continue. <laughs> Glad Perfect. we addressed that. <laughs> yeah. I could tell that was your favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, be he's got easy. That written all over the back of his neck. Yeah. Dude. Oh my. <laughs> X, X, X. Yes. All right, Vin Diesel. So you want to find out if it's a feeding spot or a loaf, mm-hmm. and then you just have to sit there and watch him for a little bit. Same thing with a, if a field's there, it's not going to be their loaf. Okay. Essentially, so yeah. Oh, okay, you're going to be right? seeing birds in their loaf too. Like, typically, it'd be like midday or after they're they're done feeding at sunset, going back to their you know resting spot for the night. And then how Can long they're using a loaf? Is? A loaf. A loaf. So, so they're like just loafing around. Yeah, like a bread loaf. Yeah, okay. like just the roost. It might be called otherwise. Okay, it's Got just it. their hangout spot. They're drinking some water. Oh, okay. They rest there. They stay overnight. You know, they'll sit there during the middle of the day. Their food, maybe. Yep. Getting fat. Yep. Okay. Fat. So okay. it's sort of like a that. hunter's etiquette thing also that you don't want to shoot the roost. Okay. So that's a big thing to know. Like you don't want to be hunting midday on the roost, killing the birds there because that'll force them to leave the area if they don't feel comfortable where they're at. Depends on the species, whether it it's a certain type of duck or a goose. Totally depends. And you'll know the roost versus a loaf if they sleep there overnight. However, the loaf that we're talking about is they're feeding here and then for some reason they go to another body of water and then they go back to the main body of water. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So that's actually a great place to shoot them is that loaf because most people don't shoot a loaf. They okay. shoot them where they're eating. Gotcha. So, hmm. Okay. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I haven't it even thought like that it. in depth about it in a really, really long time. It's just such second nature for right. me. Right. You're so just already categorizing where they're at, why they're there, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, and I feel like I may have just confused some people there too. So the loaf is different from the roost. The roost is where they're like sleeping, like resting overnight. The loaf is where they're at in the middle of the day, chilling. Noted. So you want to know where they're going to and from the loaf. That's how you're successful in waterfall is know where they're coming from, why they're going to a certain place. Yeah. And then I guess I always just kind of thought that during that season that they were all on their way down south or mm-hmm. whatever. And I always just it's it almost seems like when they they get to certain spots and they hang for a little while and then they'll go further south and they'll hang for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what's happening? Essentially, it's like, yeah. It's not like every day they get up and go further south. No. Okay. No. The most of the reasons why birds push south or they move further, they migrate further, is because they ran out of food or they ran out of open water. So if they don't have food, they're going to die. If they don't have open water, they're not safe at night. So they're susceptible to predators or they, I mean, that's where they're most safe is on water. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Got it. So they leave. So they leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peace out. So that's so like why they push we, out of, you know, out of Canada into Minnesota, Wisconsin. Then they move further, you know, Missouri. And then, you know, just like that whole progression, like Joey was talking about, the it freeze, the freeze line, you'll just watch the migration move with the freeze line, essentially. Which is also why you'll see a lot with geese. If you have, like, a nuclear power plant that has warm water, mm-hmm. yeah. they will come all the way down south to that place or the ponds, and then they'll stop. Right. Right. So right. you see that in, like, why Illinois. Makes, why waste their energy? Places. Which makes people mad south of the nuclear power plant, because then they're not flying down there. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Shoot them. Well, do you, I mean, do you want to eat those glowing green geese anyway? Oh, I'll eat them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll eat them. They taste even better, actually. A little sweeter. Do they? Yeah, just a little sweeter sweetness okay. to the meat. 
No, it's just warm um, water discharge is what it is. It's not actual chemicals. Right, right. Got right, it, got right. It. Uh-huh, wink, wink. <laughs> no, uh, I think one of the things, too, though, like Joey was saying, the biggest thing you can do is find the spots where you can go and watch them and then scout them. You know, so, you, so Joey was, I think, trying to set it up for you have to watch them and the progression of how they spend their day to try to understand where it's best to hunt them. Gotcha. Makes that's sense. like gotcha. the simplest way I could explain all this, the jumble of words. It just That's how we're kind of us. finding the X, right? Yes. So yep. that, sorry, that was my original question. And then in the midst of while we were discussing, too, like you found an X, you know, if you show up then, too, and like there's one group of people there, is it like basically don't even try? Or how, how many like? I'm at a point now where if someone beats me to that spot, like at sometime if I see him from the launch, like where if I see him from the road and you I see him in my spot, from him. I'm not going to set up 10 yards away from him. I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm either going to hit a different part of the lake and put out more decoys than I would have before and then call my heart out, or I'm just going to go to plan B, like a different spot okay. completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. It totally depends on the day. Yeah. If I don't want to drive another 30 minutes, I'll just set up on the other side of the lake and pray to God. And that just it hope works that out. you're pulling birds from where they thought they should have been this morning because they were there yesterday. And there's a bunch of new birds in the area that found a new spot. Mm-hmm. You know that's essentially okay. what you're trying to do, but it's, it's like uh, it's like being a club pr- a club promoter. Yeah, hey, everybody's over at this club. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, it's old news. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Got it. It's kind of like started. Why new... didn't we just say that to begin with, Jim? Uh, we don't have a lot of club. They had cheaper on the drinks at the, the table, other clubs. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we went. Girls are hotter too. So so when you're <laughs> there, you go another. <laughs> there, and that's the reason. The uh, other than maybe like birds themselves right you know you're looking at food or rest or habitat like what are some things like maybe there aren't birds present at that time but like are there some things that you're looking for outside of that that's going to let you know that it's going to be a good duck spot totally so so let's take the roost for example there are natural flight lines that birds take every year Mm -hmm. just because that's how the wind is or they have a something in their brain that makes them come back to that same spot i don't know what it is exactly but a few of the things that I, I look for is obviously other than just a food source. So, you know, a big a big thing obviously is a food source. So if they have a food source, I so I think what Joey was trying to say is... Huge water source where yep. they're going to be comfortable at night. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So you're looking so for a like, food source and then a, a safe place for them to stay. Gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like okay. in fairly close proximity then? Within, a, like, yeah. I'd say, like, a mile. It totally depends on the time of year. Yeah. So it could if be it's five too close miles, to the roost, it it's not mile. good. If it's too close to the roost, they're going to hear that on the roost, and they're going to be like, okay, well, those 30 friends just went over there and yeah. heard a bunch of gunshots, <laughs> so we're not going to go over there. Yeah. <laughs> they really so. will, though. I mean, for sure. So mm-hmm. it totally depends. Uh, another thing, like, on a lake, we try to look for, like, either, like, a bay where they might be able to take some, you know, refuge or possibly, like, a point. Mm-hmm. on a lake, just depending on what type of species you're hunting. So, you know, if you want to go a little further into that too, Joey, like, I, I mean, if you want to kind of explain the difference between Some puddling sort of ducks cover. and divers too. Yeah. So like puddle ducks, they each in shallow water, diving mm-hmm. ducks, they eat in deeper water. Right. So divers really like a deep uh, drop off, off of like a point. Right. A point. They love it. They just buzz the shoreline all the mm-hmm. time. And if it's, okay. if they, they can, I don't know how they know, but they know that there's a drop off there. Some perception they have. You know, so there's your zooplankton, then your plankton, every, and it's a whole food chain going up, and they eat, like, middle of the food chain about. They eat fish. 
Okay. Okay. Got okay. it. Yeah, and that's one of those things, too, where, like, with divers, we know it's going to be pretty rare that they're going to be landing into the decoys continuously. It's going to be oftentimes more of pass shooting situations. Obviously, we want them to land in the decoys, but divers are just unpredictable. So, on a point, they'll fly over the point to look at their opportunity for feeding there. So, that's a good spot. But and with, then again, yeah. what you see in binoculars from the road, you see a bunch of black things on the water, and you look out there, and then you see them bobbing up and down. It's like, okay, there must be food there. Then you check it on your Navionics or whatever you have for an app to tell you how deep the water is. You're like, okay, it starts at 5 feet, drops down to 20. And they're about 30 feet from shore. They're in about 20 feet of water eating something. Okay, mm. gotcha, gotcha. You know? So there's a decent amount of research that goes into it, but sure. you just have to, the best way to find birds on public land is to drive yep. and then like find them and, well, and then that's, you just watch them for a little bit okay. that's half the way you pick up like the different things they like and don't like too because it, it can be different in different parts of the country obviously if you're hunting timber that's a whole different situation than what, what we're hunting mm-hmm. on open lake so yeah driving around and seeing what birds are doing kind of in their natural environment per se you can pick up a lot more on like i see a lot of birds tucked away in this specific type of timber hole or Tucked away in these bays, they really like this food source, you know, this close to the roost. Like, you're going to learn all that stuff the more and more you scout them. So, yeah. Are you guys just doing, uh, does that scouting happen where all throughout, you know, the year well prior of season, you're just kind of hanging out and you're just waiting for that time to come? And then all of a sudden, the season's mm-hmm. there and you're like, we got to scout ASAP because now the birds have sort of come down. Well, to that yeah, k- kind of. Like, you're looking for, once you start to learn their patterns and like the different types of spots and lakes that you might be able to hunt or what type of field might be good, you start to get an idea of like, all right, this area has held birds. It could be a good spot. But you don't know until the birds show up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, you start, like, you know, Joey and I make mental notes throughout the year, and so does Connor. Um, Like, you're driving around, you're like, hey, there's a specific spot right here where if there are birds in the area, it could work. But that's why it is a lot of guys talk about, like, it's all hands on deck right before season. Sure. Because, like, even, yeah. Yeah, summer, it's not like you're going to be seeing, you know, there's a bunch of birds over there, there's a bunch of birds, you just... Yeah, no. they haven't moved in yet. Nothing, they're in so. CRP breeding. Yeah. They're okay. laying eggs, and they're not eating out of fields. Right. Like okay. Geese are. It's not they're a, yeah. eating grass, and they're eating wheat that was cut. But but even, like, right mm. now, like, early season goose starts for us in... Next like week. Next week, yeah. Yep. And we're, like, I was scouting the last week, and it, there's not a lot around. Not in my area. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I'm still, like, kind of waiting on birds to show up. You know, like, Joey's seen some birds in his area, so Just we know, like, driving. I have not scouted whatsoever. Right. Just driving, and I see about 400 geese in that field that I've seen them going years before. And then I'm going to start scouting this Wednesday just because it's close to season now. For okay. geese. But yeah, so it is kind of like geese. a, you know. Geese, because geese, yeah. goose season for us is before, opens before. Gotcha. Yeah, so early, early goose season. opens before duck for us. So. Okay. And that early goose stuff, I mean, that's generally for, like, kind of resident birds, right? Correct. Yeah. So, like, our... Population control. Not the necessarily the hunting of or on that spot, but our, like, parks and golf courses part of your strategy there? Ooh. That, that's that's where they topic. go. That's where they go. Yeah. So, it's just... Obviously, parks is pretty much not happening. So, but um, I mean, like, as far as, like, even just, like, um, knowing that they like to be there and maybe they're going to fly somewhere else. Very good knowledge. Yeah. So, and that's where we get into what's called traffic hunting. Yeah. So, this is where Joey was asking earlier, like, what's the difference between duck and goose? Mm -hmm. So, this is the difference in goose is traffic hunting. So, I don't like hunting in X for geese. 
just because they're smart birds. Like they like you can go and kick them at the park, right. but they know that they can't be killed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, you start putting out decoys, and they are the smartest bird in the world. They'll drive you nuts. So in order to combat that, not even worry about how smart they are, you know they're going to the golf course, they're coming from this lake, and you have permission in between there. If you put out a good decoy spread, they can't, they have no idea you're there. They've never eaten in that field before. And then they hear a bunch, when they're flying over, they hear a bunch of geese go crazy. Then they're like, whoa, something's going on down there. And when you goose call, you're actually telling them to go away. Oh, interesting. Like, this is mine. They're super territorial. Mm -hmm. So when they hear that, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, I want what he's got, you know? And so then you can call them in, and that's called traffic hunting. Because you're getting them on the way. Yeah. yeah, they're they're in line for something else, and you're changing their course. You know, you're hmm. you're trafficking them. It's a okay. lot of lot so, of fun. Right so, on. And just like so, when those geese are talking, or the or the geese that you're like imitating, or even a group of geese that are on the ground, when they're talking, are they talking to each other, or are they talking to those birds? Like, I'd is say it both. competitive? Okay. I'd say both. So like they're they'll be arguing with each other on the ground, mm-hmm. and other geese will hear that because they're either fighting about food or territory. Right. One of the two. So other geese will hear that, and they'll be like, oh, there's something worth fighting for. I'm going to go down there and check it out. And then when those geese are landing, they're making a lot of noise, and the geese on the ground, you know, I don't know if they're actually calling at the birds in the air or not. I don't know if they can. Because I know, like, all the goose hunting I've done, you know, you got birds in the air, and you're working them, and you're trying to get them to come in, and, and you know, you're watching the birds, and I guess you're looking for, like, visual cues of how they're acting, how they're rea- reacting to the calls, mm-hmm. so you're trying to read those birds, I yeah. guess, essentially, but it also seems like you're always calling at them, too, like you're trying mm-hmm. to talk to them, but yeah. I'm just trying to actually figure out, like, what the heck's going on in real life? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not right. a goose, so I don't yeah. know for <laughs> sure. Right. Well, I'm so that sorry. That information would have been helpful about 42 minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, gosh. 100%. <laughs> I got you, man. But, uh, but yeah, you though. just got to, in Minnesota, at least, you just got to drive around and find them. Yeah, figure out why they're doing what they're doing, and then go from there. Well, and the hardest thing to do too is is find them. You know, like that's that's the hardest thing because once you find them, if you have patience and time, you're gonna figure out where you can hunt them. You know, because they're gonna follow a pattern of behavior. You know, mm-hmm. regardless, they're gonna get up, they're gonna go eat, they're gonna come back, they're gonna roost. You know, they might loaf. Like that's that's what's gonna happen. So if you're willing to wait and figure out what they do you can find a spot where you can hunt them as long as there's a field or a lake that's public in that area. So that's what kind of makes goose hunting so much fun though, is, you know, you have the ability to say, well, I can't get permission on this X or I'm not going to be able to hunt them on that, you know, private golf course. But this field is like right in between that flight line. And I know they're flying low, going to that golf course. And if we, yeah, if you set out this many decoys and, you know, sound good, they're going to do it. That's cool. So, and that's a cool thing. And then do you not like hunting on the X, Joey, for geese, just because you like the challenge of hunting those, you know, traffic birds? It's also a lot easier. Like when there's an X, people are going to ask for permission on that X. So if I, if it's been going on for a couple of days and I see other trucks around it, I'm going to see who has permission. I'm going to see, like, on Onyx, the hunt, the hunting app. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see who owns that field. I'm going to be like, okay, I don't know them, or I do own know them. I bet you I can get permission for that tomorrow. Or I'm just going to say, forget the X. I'm going to go on the field right next to it. Okay. Yeah. Or, you know, a quarter mile away, but it's still in between the roost and 
where they're feeding. So it's kind of funny. That's yeah. a little bit different than duck. So that's different than duck hunting, <laughs> but this is private land. Yeah. So once you're on private land, if we're the next farm over, that doesn't matter. You know, like that's there's no etiquette in that anymore. Well, like, you no. sh- you really shouldn't like go right next door. Yeah, but, but <laughs> and to be honest, do, if you're on like, so, so like you know like if you can tell like birds are really gonna work next to you, but they're still really high, st- maybe don't shoot at them. Right. Yeah. Sky well, if you know that they're working bust. the X, and yeah, they're going yeah, right over the go. top of you, you really shouldn't shoot those. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're poking at them. Like if it's like a iffy shot, you know, you your grandpa's oh, yeah. ten that's gauge bad. and. Yeah, you're at eighty yards. A up. lot of guys do that too. Do that. that sucks. We, we would never do that. But it's, the other okay. thing, just a slight nuance too, with like the X when you're trafficking birds, you know they have been in that field already too. So especially just a slight thing, if you go in there and you put a blind in that field, they've been in that field for three or four days. So there is a better chance that they'll rec- recognize that the field doesn't look the exact same or something like that that's weird, where a, like a traffic field, they've been flying over it for four days, but they didn't like look at it, you know, consistently every day, super hard. So you have a lot better chance to put grassed up, you know, two by four blinds or your layout blinds in that field and they haven't like taken a solid look at it yet. Hmm. So, gotcha. Got, right. Yeah, you can definitely get away You're with You're playing, more. let's not mess this up let's pretend like we aren't here at all mm-hmm. versus they have no idea what's going on. They've never eaten in this field. Let's call them in and they, they're in a new area. Essentially, yeah. It's all a foreign environment at that I've, point. I've so. heard that about geese is that they, they do tend to have a very good, great, uh, it seems like eyesight and then memory yeah. and they kind of create a schematic of the area. And if right. it's not the way that they pictured it before they, they'll book. You and know, and in really some instances, I mean, like, I'm just being generic. I don't really like to hunt an X. I, I will hunt an X. Right. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's I feel like it's so much more fun and rewarding the traffic. And then let's just say you don't do well. No big deal. Right. If you do really well, it's, like, the coolest thing in the world. Right. Low expectations. Very, very important. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. 100%. That's a, that's a wise yeah. old adage. Under promise, over deliver. That's right. Yeah. That's right. How are you guys uh, paying attention to wind? Like How for, so? For your setups. Oh. Like yeah, that's attention to it? Yeah, so well, especially if you're starting ours? out, like, where would we want the wind when we're hunting? For ducks or geese? Uh, both. Well, both, really. Both. But, sure. but, but you want to come from behind you, and you don't want the sun rising in your eyes, essentially. That's, yeah. like, the biggest thing. And you don't want it, like, directly behind you. It's, it's still great, but I'd say the best is, like, quartering over your right shoulder. Yeah. Okay. Now, why is that? Because birds land into the wind. So they what now? The bir- birds land into the wind. Okay. And then also their eyes are on the side of their head, which means that they're prey. And so when they're flying in like straight at you, they're not looking directly at you. But I don't know. That's how I've heard it explained a lot too, why people okay. like it quartering over their shoulder. And I've seen it. Like it, it's just an easier shot, I guess. Yeah. I think the, okay. a bigger thing too is like if the bird, if the bird is landing into your face, they didn't have to come over your shoulder to land into your decoys and so then there's a better chance they're not making you in the sense too. Okay, it's right. the like classic flying shot. over your blinds. It's the classic shot of, of their wings open up right, and they're just, just like right there out. in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's when everybody's, you know, take them to that's church and they get chasing. up and shoot them. Take them to church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, that's what everyone's chasing, man, is that, f- that birds in your face cupped up like that. Sure. You know, that's Pretty exciting fun. right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is important with the wind. Another big thing is, too, it, like you can start to judge the more you hunt if it's going to be 
normally a good day or a bad day. Like if you have dead no wind mm-hmm. right there, that's it's a concern. Be hard. It's they have to be work tough. a lot harder to land, yeah. essentially, especially okay, right, in a okay. field. It they work those wings like crazy to land into a field. On water, they can just skim right. on, skim okay, in. Sure. But if there's wind, that wind will carry them kind of cupped up. Sure, you know. Otherwise, they're just a lot more work for them to try and sit down and eat. Yeah. yeah. So unless it's an ideal situation for them to eat there, they might pass up on that. Okay. Gotcha. So wind is important. The sun is important. If there's no visibility on your decoys, like if it's super dark out, you know, and they can't see the decoy at all, that takes away from obviously you setting decoys in general. Okay. So you'll typically find like when we're hunting, the sun starts coming up and the wind picks up a little bit. You're starting to look at more ideal situations. So those little nuances change things. Connor, what were you were talking about? Maybe like you thought like there maybe was a little bit of difference depending on the scenario between ducks and geese. What were you thinking about? Well, it's there? more so because of uh, the water versus the land. Oh, okay. Because gotcha. you're more you're more hunting ducks, you know, on water usually, and then geese on land. At least in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Gotcha. Go down to Kansas. No one water hunts there. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, it's really? all field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, field hunting. Hmm. A lot. What's your like? You know, I've been on you know, I guess enough hunt, waterfowl hunts where get a variety of conditions, you know, like from just bluebird, you know, sunny to, you know, some snarly weather. Like what's your like quintessential, like this is the best day to hunt waterfowl. And maybe, maybe pick one for ducks, one for geese if you think it's different. Well, I feel like maybe everyone, every maybe everyone has a different opinion on this. Yeah, too, you started though. off. I don't know. My favorite hunting is a snowstorm for sure. Like when blizzard. you know it's going to blizzard like halfway through your day or like 10 a.m., it's sick. Because and the what's birds, going on there? well, because the birds know as soon as the weather starts, this is their chance to eat. You know, right now. So if you're in that situation and it's not, you know, snowing super bad, but it starts to pick up a little bit, you're going to see a lot of activity. Okay. In my experience, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of birds being like, "All right, we need to eat now and get back to the the roost or the loaf where we can just chill and wait this storm out." Okay. Give so, them energy. And it's yeah. just it's just sick, man. Like there's just nothing cooler than being, you know, in a snowstorm with geese landing in your face or mallards. It's just really cool. That's Sounds my favorite. Makes for cool pictures, pictures too. What's that? Makes for yeah. cool pictures too. <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. Can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> my ideal hunting setup is a snow snowstorms are always really, really fun. Pretty hard to top, but we were just down in Kansas last year and it's like fifty five degrees. It was really cold earlier that night. It started to warm up. Sun starts to come out. It's kind of like a bluebird day. We didn't have a lot of wind at first. So then once the wind picked up, there's something about mallards and sunshine that mm-hmm. just, I can't. Yeah. Whenever I see a bluebird day and it's a little windy, I'm going to go try to shoot mallards for sure. And it's just, they work so nicely in that kind of a weather. Yeah, that's pretty cool huh. too. Do you think part of that is because they can see those decoys? I think so. I think so. I just, I think they like to get out and move and like, like uh, stretch their, their wings, wings and, you yeah. know, it just feels good. Yeah. Just, just feels, feels just look good. Yeah, it's mm. just it's beautiful. Fifty-five degrees, sunny, and ten mile an hour wind. What's going? Mm-hmm. Get on some water or field. What about you, Combine? Yeah. Well, for me, I see the world through a lens more often than yeah. not. So I, I like the sun coming in and getting the shots. You know, yeah. the sun and everything like that. But it is strictly because of the artistic aspects of it. <laughs> <Totally. laughs> it has nothing to do with the actual hunting. Yeah. Plus, That's I don't like right. getting snowed on a whole lot. You know, getting wet is not really a big. F- I'm not a big fan of it. Hmm. Okay. So if it's sunshine, you pick kind of a weird out. Uh, sport to get super yeah. into. <laughs> I know. I mean, water. I'll water do it. Waterfowl. Yeah. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Waterfowl. Yeah. Water yeah. Water yeah. 
If yeah. I had to choose, though, I'd rather not get wet. I'll still yeah. get wet. But it is good, though, to know for you guys, the guy who does get wet more than any of us would be Joey. I mean, yeah. nobody dumps their waiters, pokes holes in their waiters, <laughs> any of that stuff more than this yeah, guy. Yeah, more often than not, it's because yeah. he has, like, gone over barbed wire or something. There's a totally. hole in his waiters. Totally. He's <laughs> pushing the envelope in the water, a little far. Stick goes into your waiter, yeah. and you're like, oh, come on. That is <laughs> always an awesome. that stop you. Oh, yeah. No. I still okay. hunt the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. He usually totally. does a cartwheel on the Man, island. Man, there was one day, it was probably, like, 40 degrees outside, and dude, you went over your waders, and mm-hmm. there was Ugh. water up to like his knees in his waders. Just got in the boat, dumped him out. He must, I mean, I don't know how you didn't have frostbite, but we hunted for like five hours. Oof. I mean, he just stuck it out, and I was like, you know what, man? Respect. <laughs> this guy's a trooper. I'm just, he complained a little obsessed. like four hours in. He was like, I'm getting pretty <laughs> cold. I was like, yeah, I'm cold, man, but. The worst, one was, the worst one was in Nebraska. It was negative 11 with wind chill. It was like negative one on the deal, and it's negative one here or in Minnesota all the time. It's not crazy. But when you get in Nebraska, it's just like a little more of a damp cold. Hits okay. you a little harder. And it was an open river. So I stepped in the boat. Foot got caught. I went over. Had water come in my left leg only. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So And I immediately felt hypothermia. So I just got naked on the sandbar. <laughs> wrung out my my pants and they're just like I guess we'll just set up while you're getting naked on the sandbar. I go, okay, wring out my pants, wring out my socks, and I have a heater right there. And I'm just like, please God, save me. So you're and naked then, right now. So I'm naked. Eleven. Naked on the sandbar. Yeah. yeah, it's better than wearing wet clothes. Naked and afraid. True. Way <laughs> better. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. And then I couldn't get all the water out of my waders, but after I got all the water out, it started to like warm myself up and we had heaters and A-frames and stuff like that. And I was able to go the entire day. I don't know how, I think we were just like blocked by the wind. It was like the only way. It was like negative. Gotta 11. want it, man. Gotta want it. That's, that's, that's true. That's we were also dedication. a ways away from civilization. Yeah. So I was like, I'm <laughs> Didn't have a lot of chance. Like, yeah, I'm not hey, just going to sit in the truck while you guys are shooting birds. And I shot a banded mallard that day too. So I'm glad Fantastic. I didn't. Fantastic. So I'm glad I, I didn't do it. Baby out on that right one. On. Yeah. Right on. If you're gonna die in the middle of nowhere, might as well shoot shot a bandit mallard. Shoot a bandit mallard. Shot a bandit mallard. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Right. He died doing what he loved. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's how I see it. Every that's time. how we would have buried every him. risk. <laughs> yeah. I died happy. How about that? You know, yeah. you guys would have taken that band. Like, oh, there's a band in the coffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. He would want me to. Nobody have saw. It. He would. Yeah. yeah. He so would. How uh, how are you guys using uh, or how or slash are you using motion decoys or flags or? You know, spinners, what, what do you guys, yeah. what's your strategy there? Or do you not use them early? Or do you use them early but well, not late? What are you doing You there? don't want to show them all your tricks right away. Okay. So, like, if we could use mojos and spinning wing decoys right away, we would. Yeah, but you can't in Minnesota. You can in Minnesota. Hmm. Okay, so gotcha. it's, We're the only actually, state. Yeah, so we're the only sweet. state. You're not allowed oh. to use motion decoys until after the split. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, Interesting. So but that you sucks. know, like... It's like still, it's a level playing field at the same time, though, I imagine, at least, you know, mm-hmm. within the state. Yeah. So I don't know. But. Yeah. But we Movement's do, we do good. use motion decoys for Movement's sure. Movement's good. So like field hunting, mallards, always use a mojo unless you see, or a spinning wing decoy every single time until you see it not working. But okay. 90% of the time well, Yeah. It and the weird thing though about that is you got to, like we keep remotes on because the geese don't like it. Yeah. Geese so most of the time don't like a spinning on, duck. And then we okay. know if there's geese coming. 
we say everybody shut off shut off your decoys and everybody shuts off the motion. Hmm. Okay. Which is weird because they just see a duck suspended in the air like this. Right. I've, I've never understood it. <laughs> doesn't but that freak white, them out. But that, that white, white flash, yeah, they don't like freaks it. them out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But water hunting, I mostly stick to a jerk rig. Do you guys know what that is? Yeah, I mean, roughly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just so you connect like four to six decoys on a on a string, and then you move it so it creates ripples on the water. Realistic so it's like movement. a bungee cord that's attached to a weight, like a bigger weight, and then a bunch of decoys on it. So the bungee pulls it back into the water. So oh, you pull that you pull against it, and it pulls it with the decoys, and then the bungee pulls it back, and then they move back into the water. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But most people on a public marsh, so public hunting, will use one to two lucky duck, mojo, whatever you want to call it, in the marsh. And after a while, mallards start to get wary of it. So gotcha. I immediately stop using them in the water once I see that they stop working, and I switch to a jerk rig. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And that helps so out a lot. you read the situation. But we almost always start with lucky ducks in. Okay. Yeah, with yeah. motion decoys. And then yeah, and I guess you see right a quick, like, yep, those ducks are shy. Well, like, you- they're not into it. That first ten minutes of shooting time, everything's gonna come in. They're just dumb. They're they're hungry. They want to socialize. Whatever and it it's is, dark. They can't mm-hmm. necessarily see you mm-hmm. as easy. And but if they flare off of that early in the morning, mm-hmm. pull it, pull it right away. Yeah, yep. Get gotcha. it out of there. Got it. So and getting back to like the why, like you know, I mean, it seems like you know every time you go waterfowling, like you're getting out there zero dark thirty. You're in the dark. You're setting up decoys, and those birds that you're setting up for, they're coming in to feed. Then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, yeah, it depends. So like. Ducks will have, like, a roost. Ducks, you know, especially mallards, they eat a lot of aquatic stuff. Half the time, I don't even know why ducks are in a spot. I think that they're just hanging out there, and then it's like a staging area, maybe. Okay. So I, I honestly couldn't tell you every time, but... Can't figure them out completely, you That's know. That's the beauty but of it. But 90, 95% of the time, if it's at first light, they're coming to feed. Cool. Because they're getting up from the roost. Where they've been chilling, where they've been resting all yep. night, and then and they're like, "All right, let's go." They wake up let's hungry. Go eat. Let's get some breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. How about some steel? <laughs> right, <laughs> not an ideal <laughs> breakfast, but that's like the accidental breakfast they didn't want to find. But. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's most of the situation. Very cool. So and then hard. geese, like we it. use flags and stuff. Yeah, we flag for geese. Oh yeah, there's yep. some definitely some hot topic people. Some back people and forth. say don't you agree should. with it. Some, some people, people say like you shouldn't, and I'm like, whatever. It yeah. works. I've seen I it think work. it works. Yeah. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you? Just because, again, like, try a trick. If it's not working, if they're not into it, stop using it. Stop yeah, using exactly. It. And each day that is different. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. If it works, that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. You just need it to works. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and if you see that something's not working, don't be stuck in your ways and adapt and change and move on. Yeah. 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 Yep. I think, and that's a big thing, man. Just because it worked today doesn't mean it's going to work tomorrow. Absolutely. No. Right. So try something new. Yeah. All right, I think I'm going to close it with this. Yeah. I'm going to make you guys pick something. You got okay. something? You got something else, Joey? No, no. Oh, I thought I'm you just, were raising your hand. No. Oh. Doing that. Yeah, rock on. I that's think. a uh, Yeah, that's a first, that's like Mark. A, hey, rock on, man. First know. of the podcast. You guys. Rock on, Mark. Your kids and your stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Toast you eat. I'm going to make you choose. I'm going to make you choose. You can, you can hunt one species of waterfowl for the rest of your life. Okay. You got to pick one. Okay. What is it? Mallards. Mallards? Go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm mallards for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, One species of waterfowl, Connor. I mean, like, do, do I have to, it's where I live? Like, or can I just. Is is it, yeah, is this like All you right, can live anywhere, anywhere and do anything? Anywhere. Then I'd hunt eiders. Like, yeah. I just had a lot of fun when yeah, I was Yeah, that's cool. Eiders. Cool, man. I can dig it. See, I've never it. done I can, that. I can so dig that. Yeah. I wouldn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I haven't. He went without us because we both had to work. I did invite you. He did invite us. He did, yeah. 
Not a whole lot no, of notice. But. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, like, I would say, like, my favorite looking bird is a can, like a king canvas bag. Okay. But, cool. But still, though, there's nothing better than shooting green heads. I mean, it's just. They it. are cool. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. They're fun to work. Yeah. Tastes good. Awesome. Yep. But here's the good thing. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because I love yes. shooting divers and 100%. mallards, teal. Yeah. And I would say, actually, geese. like, the last year, I've I've been more into geese. Yeah, you have been. That's why yeah. I'm surprised you I said mallards. Geese. Yeah, it's just mallards are something special. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm you bring stuck up, on geese right now. And you bring up such a cool point, though, because there are so many different species of ducks. They're all cool looking. They're all mm-hmm. doing different stuff, and that's part of the, you know, the cool parts of waterfowling is the places that it takes you, right? Like yeah. You, oh, yeah. You went to some wild country up yeah. in Alaska, right? Or uh, I, I was in Alaska, not for eider hunting. Okay. That was in Maine, yeah. That was in Maine. Maine okay. for eider hunting, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, regardless, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'd never go to any of the places that I'd Totally, dude. If I wasn't hunting. Oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. I made a rule for myself that I'm not going to travel anywhere unless I can shoot ducks there. Ducks or geese there. It's really limiting. But we're going to let him roll with it. <laughs> not really. Not really. It makes okay. a lot of sense to this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Sounds like a real love to hunt. Time. That's right. Just, and then you meet salt of the earth people doing the same thing that they're just as passionate about as you are. Instant friendship, 90% of the time. So it's yep. like, yeah. Why That's not? That's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Obsessed. Right on. Cool. Can you do more of it, Jim? I well, agree. we're going to take you guys out this season. Yeah. So yeah. get ready. Well, we'll make it happen. Good. Sweet. Well, awesome. that. Well, thanks for coming out, guys. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate making the trip. Have an awesome weekend. Sounds like you got some fun stuff in store with some duck scouting, maybe a little bit of fishing, a little bit of hanging out. Yep. Yeah, it's about it exactly right there. So, so. thank you guys for having us here. It's been a blast. Oh, so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Always. As Joey says, rock on. (laughs) Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. There we go. So now you have it. Uh, Vortex Nation podcast listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. And uh, you know where to find these guys, too, at Midwest Flyways. Everything, yep. right? It's, yep. all, that's it's, it. it's Super what the easy. website's called. It's what the social handles are called. So yep. that's where you go find these guys. But in the meantime, though, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye. 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 All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show, maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like, so that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released, so that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you could take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So, again, everybody, thanks, and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.